Jack guy, Jack guy, two wacky goofballs talking about stuff. Fat guy, Jack guy, two wacky goofballs talking about stuff. Two biological brothers talking. Welcome to Fat Guy, Jack Guy. We're here to maximize your earning potential and your wellness ratio. Oh, wow. That was a good Sounds one, like man. some fucking shit people that would say. That sounds like some shit people say. I'm Steph Rubino. I'm Brendan Walsh. And today we're talking about what we both consider one of the ultimate grifts, life coaching. Let's go. I'm so stoked to talk <laughs> about this grift. Maybe we'll learn something. <laughs> we might actually. There were a few moments where I was like, hmm. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. You got me with the businessmanship. <laughs> so, very quickly before we start, as usual, we're going to start every episode like this until we don't have to. <laughs> Support us on Patreon. You can help fund our ability to do cooler things on this show and our eventual retirement from having quote unquote real jobs <laughs> for just $3 a month. <laughs> You can follow the links in the notes for this episode to get to our Patreon page, or you can go to patreon.com slash fatguyjackguy. When you become a patron, you get extra unfiltered episodes, which means you get a behind-the-scenes view of both of our collective derangement <laughs> and our descents into madness. Please become a patron today. We love you. You're our brothers. Thank you, brothers. All right. So I'm going to give what has become known in our podcast universe... The preamble. The preamble. <laughs> this is how podcasts are structured. Preamble time. The preamble. <laughs> I thankfully don't have any personal experience with life coaching. I'm broke and I'm not easily swayed. So I've never been sucked into a scam of that magnitude. What I do have is the fact that I'm from South Florida, which could arguably be considered... Griff City, USA. Griff City, baby. Griff City, baby. And my parents let me watch way too much television as a child. This isn't the episode for it. This isn't the episode for it. And I feel like it would take a whole episode to fully get into why South Florida is Griff City, USA. But those of you who know, know that it's the site of many a scam and also the preferred home for the people doing the scamming, including some of the people we'll talk, to, talk about today. Let's go. So, brother, you might remember when we were kids, late at night, there would always be infomercials for products and services that you absolutely needed. And unfortunately, many of these commercials stick out in my mind. I don't know what it is about the combination of like late night delirium and being a 14 year, being under 14 that makes this kind of stuff imprint on you, but it really does in like the most annoying way possible. You probably have some memories of these commercials that stick out in your head. Of course, the anything Ron Popeil did. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, I didn't even think about him, but yeah. That that rotisserie thing that he yes. had and also the knives. I mean, you could watch that all night long. <laughs> you have like a bunch of like 12 sodas. You could watch him set it and forget it all night long. Oh, it was long. so good and that meat looked so delicious. <laughs> It was cutting Man, shit. Oh, when you were watching, you were watching that when you were like cutting weight. I can't even imagine oh, what that God. must have felt like. Oh man, just looking up those juicy <laughs> pork loins. Yeah, that guy's a grifter. He's a grifter. Grift king. He's his product probably worked though, unlike the people that we're going to talk about today. Some of the infomercials that I remember the most vividly were for Tony Robbins products, which ah. you probably also remember, Tony Robbins. I guess actually though, Tony Robbins himself was the product and you like paid to have access to that product. That was the whole thing. I think Tony Robbins really stands out in general because he was more than just a life coach. He was also a celebrity. He hung out with Oprah and Bill Clinton. He even made a cameo in the famous Fairly Brothers movie, Shallow How. I, I was just about to say that. I was just about to say yeah. the first thing I remember about Tony Robbins immediately is shallow hands. It's hat. banana hands and shallow hands. Yes, yeah. the big hands. <laughs> they call him banana yeah. hands. Yeah, I mean, he's a presence. Because he's huge. Yeah, yeah, he's huge. As a kid, I couldn't really decipher exactly why he was around, but he was just, like, around so much. It just seemed like he was around so much to me. And I just knew him as this, like, big, tall guy with the weird voice who sold all those tapes on TV. So when his commercials came on, I don't know, for some reason I was, like, drawn into watching the commercials. I think it's, obviously, it has to do with, like, the way that he draws people in in general, but I just would keep those commercials on for some reason. 
Luckily, everyone on the internet is a weird little freak, so I was actually able to find... <laughs> Sure. I was actually able to find the Tony Robbins commercial from 1999 that I remember the most. The thing that I remembered about it, and this is like very weird details, but the thing that I remembered about it was that there were testimonials from people who had been like millions of dollars in debt and that Tony Robbins experience like helped them come out of debt. And in the commercial, they also use the word technology a lot oh. to refer to his like strategies and the things oh, that he was teaching. Okay. So, googling to try to find this commercial was an absolute nightmare. But shout out to Digitalize Me on YouTube. He held it down for me, or she held it, or they held it down for me. The commercial was actually for Tony Robbins's uh, personal power too. Which is <laughs> a product of some sort. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Well, don't forget, he's the product. Yes. Okay, he is the product. Personal Power 2 is a Tony Robbins product that promised that in 30 days, you'd master your emotions, your physical body, your relationships, your finances, and now, your time. Wow, in 30 days, <laughs> in all 30 that. 30 days, all of that. You become a god. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you become godlike in 30 god days. You become godlike in 30 days, because Tony <laughs> Robbins is also a god. Yes, he's a god. According to the commercial, Tony Robbins studied the most successful people. Of course, the commercial doesn't specify what arena these successful people come from or what they're successful at, but he studied them. And then he synthesized all that information into his personal power program. The program was... 24 audio cassette tapes long. 24. That'll take you the whole month. <laughs> That'll take you. I, I can't imagine how you can get this done in a month. <laughs> it's truly daunting. Imagine putting those cassettes in. Oh, God. 24 times? That's mastering your physical body. <laughs> Having to walk from your couch to the tape player. <laughs> Sliding those things Every in. Every single fucking day. Yeah. The commercial explains exactly what you'll learn from these tapes. So you will, get ready for it, discover your driving force, take action consistently, get what you really want, create new momentum in your life, eliminate self-sabotage, use the power of physiology and gain control, unleash your financial genius, condition yourself for wealth, create a passionate relationship, Overcome fear of rejection and much more. Wow. I mean, why need more than that? that all of that. Why much more? In 30 days. You're going to get all that in 30 days. Stop there, Tony. You're promising too yes. much. A lot of these 800 audio cassette tapes that you get, <laughs> you also. <laughs> 9,000 audio cassette tapes. <laughs> you also get a specially formatted journal to record your day. You also got, I should say, because they don't sell personal power too anymore. Oh. He's too powerful. He has other products too powerful. <laughs> you also got a specially formatted journal to record your daily progress. And also a video cassette tape on life management where Tony gives you the keys for creating a more balanced life. Very confusing considering isn't that what the audio tapes are for? Mm -hmm. Why am I getting another tape now? Well, I mean, I'm already <laughs> seeing holes in the script. I know we're in the preamble, but like... It's just like, I know I'm like, this is like a distraction <laughs> from what we're talking about, but why are we getting more shit when we already got the shit that was supposed to do the thing? And like, the shit, <laughs> if the shit is so good, yeah. he should have never you created another product ever again. Products. No, there shouldn't be any more products. <laughs> That's really the key. It's, We'd all be listening to the Tony Robbins cassettes. Yes, there's a lot of holes in this. I guess it'd be MP3s now, huh? Yeah, I guess it would be MP3s. You could just access it on like Spotify. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's or true. YouTube. Everything is different. Everything's now. free now. <laughs> it's just the it's just the seminars, the in person seminars that you have to pay for. Yeah. This is 1999. You're getting like I don't know, 50 to 100 hours of quote unquote personal coaching with this product. How much do you think it costs to buy this shit? In 1999. Mm-hmm. I know it's a lot. I know it's fucking stupid. It's, it is a lot. I'm gonna just say five grand. Let's start with five grand. Oh, that's like way too. That's much. way too. Much. Like, way too much. <laughs> that would be more for like a weekend seminar or like a okay. retreat or right. something. Okay. But remember, you're just getting tapes and just a journal. Twenty-four cassettes. Twenty-four cassettes and a journal. How much do you think it's gonna cost? Uh, three hundred bucks. Okay, you're close. You're All close. right. It actually costs two hundred and thirty-nine oh. American dollars plus nine ninety-five for shipping. 
Adjusting for inflation, this shit would cost four hundred and thirty-two dollars right now. Okay, for but for cassette tapes, it's literally a quarter of my rent. <laughs> <laughs> four hundred thirty-two dollars yeah. is a quarter of my. But rent. then you'll never have to pay rent again. Once you <laughs> to That's true. Because I'll I'll be uh, what would I be doing? Unleashing my financial genius. Yeah, you'll yeah. buy the place. I'll that buy. You live yeah, in I'll, I'll buy in out my days. landlord. I'll buy out my landlord. <laughs> Instead of killing him, I'm gonna buy him. Because <laughs> that's the whole thing about this grift. So that's just scratching the surface because that's just the stuff they were hawking to people who are doing this stuff at home, right? This doesn't even touch what Tony Robbins and other people were charging for their actual in-person seminars and weekend retreats and personal consulting. Because they also did one-on-one personal consulting or like team consulting, like our admin, like our administration at school could like bring a person in oh, God. and pay them to do team consulting for I'm us, like sure. bring up our morale or whatever. Yeah, our financial genius. Yeah, 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 unleash our financial geniuses. Um, as teachers. <laughs> as teachers. As teachers who make yeah, nothing. We'd quit. <laughs> yeah, we should just quit and become finance guys. That's the, yeah, they that's, bring them in and that's the, Everybody quits. <laughs> it's like it backfired. We all unleashed our financial geniuses and we fucking quit. <laughs> and we quit. Yeah, that's exactly it. One thing I thought about when I was like beginning this research, I was thinking like, is this still relevant anymore? And actually it is, in, in, but in a more insidious way because they don't really call it life coaching anymore. So people kind of caught on to the grift, have kind of gone on to the grift of this. So life coaching, like everything else in our society has kind of evolved. And it's tempting to think that like the pool of this is not deep, but it's like really, really deep and it goes really deep. And people, they're still pumping it out, people like Tony Robbins all the time. It's just, like, not the personality of Tony Robbins, right? Yeah. They've learned to be, like, more low-key. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. So, part two. What exactly is the grift? I feel like some people might not know exactly what the grift is. Let's talk about what the fuck a life coach <laughs> is. <laughs> I want to be clear, and when we're discussing life coaching, we're not talking about therapy. Mental health professionals, therapists, psychologists, psychiatrists... These are not the same as life coaches. While it's not perfect, the field of psychology is heavily regulated and there are a lot of requirements for getting licensed and for what you can and cannot do with your patients. Yes, this is <laughs> this is something that I was saying last night as I was talking about this episode because I was very excited. It's like we already have something called life coaching. Well, yeah. something like life coaching. It's, it's called, called therapy. therapy. Yeah, it's called therapy. And you usually pay less for it, yes. actually. And you have to get a degree yes. to do it, Yes. not a weekend seminar. Right. Life coaching, very simply, is not regulated in any way. No. It's not regulated at all. But it's the most important industry we have. <laughs> Anyone, anywhere can become a life coach, and they're not required to obtain any education to become one. So you don't even have to go to training for life coaching to become a life coach. You can just say you are one and start selling your shit, and people can buy it. Magically a life coach. Yeah, you're magically a life coach. By the way, we're life coaches now. <laughs> this is our new grift, life coaching. <laughs> They also don't have to prove that they have some kind of particular knowledge in order to do life coaching. As far as I can tell, the requirements for being a successful life coach are being charismatic, understanding that vulnerable people are easily fooled, and knowing a lot of snappy catchphrases. Ah, That's, important. Th those, are, those are your requirements right there. I can't see anything else besides that because none of these people even go to college. Mm. They're just like, I'm going to be a life coach, and they get into some other business, and then they become life coaches. I could see many of our students following this path. I could see that happening. They know we're enough already. To. Yeah, I'm trying to. Since life coaching is not technically therapy, our listeners might be wondering exactly what it is. Honestly, the definition of life coaching is pretty nebulous, but according to verywellmind.com... <laughs> oh, okay. It's a good source. <laughs> it's a good source. Life coaching, quote, helps make people progress in their lives in order to attain greater fulfillment. And life coaches, quote, can help you clarify your goals, identify the obstacles holding you back, and then come up with strategies for overcoming each obstacle. In creating these strategies, life coaches target your unique skills and gifts. So very basically, what this sounds like to me is that life coaching attempts to help you better your life and change behaviors without excavating and dealing with what causes those behaviors in the first place. It's just like a veneer that you put over in order to present yourself as something that you're kind of not. Yeah, I mean, to me, it sounds like a supportive but kind of annoying friend <laughs> yes, who speaks yes. like mostly in cliches yes. but doesn't really help you in any yes. way. 
Yeah. That is my perception like, of life. They're like, seize the day. Yeah. It's like, you know, get up and just realize that you're lucky yeah. today. Oh, you feel like shit today? Well, get up, take a shower, <laughs> have a cup of coffee. Oh, you can't shower? Okay, do something else. You know, like that kind of person. Yeah. And then it's just, incess- it's just incessant. There are, of course, different kinds of life coaches. Verywellmind.com provided a list of basic categories of life coaches. Categories of life coaches. Categories of life coaches. You got to have a specialty because mm-hmm. that's how you make more money, mm-hmm. right? So here they are, the most common ones. Addiction and sobriety coaching, business executive and leadership coaching, career coaching, which isn't that... Business executive. Yeah, yeah, maybe, right. I guess. Anyway, <laughs> dating and relationship coaching, diet and fitness coaching, of course, divorce coaching, family life coaching, financial coaching, which is uh, an accountant or a financial planner, <laughs> health and wellness They're coaching, coach health and wellness coaching, which is a diet and fit. Okay. Yeah, anyway, life okay. skills coaching, mental health coaching, which is, they're not qualified to do. <laughs> Isn't that a therapist? <laughs> Spiritually, spiritual coaching, which is a spiritual practitioner, mm-hmm. and sports coaching. Now, if you look at some, if you look at some of these categories, you'll notice that some of them definitely overlap with what mental health professionals do. Yes. And again, people are doing this work without any kind of training or certification. Very scary, considering that there's an addiction coach. There's an addiction addiction coach. Yes, mm, that's an addiction and sobriety coach. Because which. I guess what they're referring to there is someone who it like works with maybe AA or NA mm-hmm. or something. But again, you you do receive some kind of like training within that program before you become somebody's sponsor. Like you have had to like work with a sponsor of your own and like do all this stuff. So I don't I feel like they're referring to that, but I don't feel like that's exactly it, right? I feel like these are just people who are like maybe they had an uh, an alcoholic in their life or something and they're like I'm gonna cure people of alcoholism and they get a loan and they start this business and that's just what they're doing and it's very dangerous because they don't really yeah. know what they're doing yeah I mean there seem to be lots of issues with every single category yes. that you every mentioned single one. every single one Maybe except for business executive and leadership coaching because we know that that's bullshit. Well, yeah, I think the the, the through line is what's the difference between the career one and the yeah. one is for the bosses and the career one is for the people <laughs> yes, who want to be a boss. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's the fucking difference. Exactly. So I'm not the smartest person on the planet, but just looking at the bare facts of it, it's not hard to see how and why this is such a lucrative thing for people to do. You're basically offering people a solution to their problems while guaranteeing they won't have to do the often difficult and painful work of going to therapy and working with a mental health professional. In addition to that, we live in a very therapy-averse society. Obviously, this is getting a lot better, but there's still some weird stigma about going to see a therapist. So people who are doing this kind of work can really bank on the shame that some people might feel in seeking out this kind of help from someone else. Going to a wellness seminar run by a life coach doesn't have the same amount of emotional weight as going to therapy does, mm-hmm. right? And we can kind of see that in, like, the documentaries that we watch sometimes on this kind of stuff or this kind of how this kind of stuff, like, goes bad. All the time. All the time, right? Like, the culty ones, yes. like Nexium and all that. We call them cults. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's pretty yeah. much it. Like, all of those culty ones that, like, they have HBO Max documentaries about now where people are doing work that is adjacent to therapy, but... Really, they're just being taken advantage of, right? And I think, yeah, because as you said, the difference is therapy requires, like, a lot of self-reflection that yeah. might be kind of scary. Whereas when you say it's coaching, what does a coach do? A coach motivates you. Yeah, just you. motivates you. Coach just, like, isn't going to ask you to... You. Yeah. Yeah. They don't ask you to, like, get in there and figure out why you're affected in a bad way by some shitty thing, right? Going to a wellness seminar could, like, literally mean anything, especially right now in the weird wellness haze that we're living in. So when you talk about it to, with people, that seems normal, right? It's a, whereas when you talk about therapy with people, sometimes you have to, like, preface it or say something about it. So true. Yeah. There's just, like, a lot of money to be made on people who are too afraid to deal with their problems and too afraid and too ashamed to say that they need help. So it really sucks. Yeah. It really, really sucks. Yeah. There's a difference between... I'm doing this to maximize whatever right. the fuck I'm doing right. versus like I have some like problems that I want to talk right. about. Right. I'm doing this to like maximize my potential. Yeah. Sounds much uh, more, more American, societally I'll tell you that. accepted <laughs> yeah. 
That yeah, it does definitely sounds more American, but it sounds much more societally accepted than I am depressed and I need to like go to therapy. Yep. Yeah, because people are very ashamed to just like admit that very basic thing that many of us are just like fucking sad because we live in a shitty society, mm-hmm. and it's like okay. Anyway, we'll get to that. So <laughs> part three is of like a very basic history of the grift. All right. And I'm kind of like going through this fast because I feel like there's stuff that you'll want to talk about and say at the end because I know that this is something that you that bothers you a lot also. <laughs> so we'll talk about, you know, just the implications of all this a little bit more. I'm sure you'd agree that in order to like understand the architecture of the grift in its current state, it's really important to understand where the grift came from. I don't think you're going to be shocked by any of the information I'm about to give you, but it's just important to know, I think. There seems to be some conflict in exactly where the idea of, quote, personal coaching, because that's what it used to be called, personal coaching, came from. Many of the sites I consulted with cite Thomas J. Leonard as the lead in the grift in its current state. But I also discovered that before personal coaching became a thing, like capital T thing, motivational speaking was kind of a popular yet not exactly mainstream racket that was born in like the 1950s, 1960s as a profession, right? I'm just talking about this as a profession, not people who... We're just doing this in like their place of business, but a person who was a motivational speaker. I think about this sometimes, the what seemed to be a proliferation of motivational speakers in the 90s, like yes. when we were kids. Yeah. It seemed like every other fucking it week was. we had a motivational yeah, we had speaker a come one. in. Yeah, we had, we had a new one every all the time. <laughs> it's like, this is what you need to motivate us? Like you need to bring we some We need to hire in? a speaker that doesn't even know us? Like, that doesn't know our <laughs> community or know anything that's happening in school? Like shouldn't we be inspired by like the importance of the work we have to do as opposed yes. to a guy telling us that we have to like get through it? But that's part of the problem, right? Is yeah. that a lot of the work that we do, even as children in school, we know it's, bullshit. it's fucking meaningless. Yeah. <laughs> so, the standout character from this period of personal coaching is this guy named Jim Rohn. Uh, Jim Rohn had a bunch of jobs. He became a millionaire at one point, lost all his fucking money, and then became a millionaire again. So you can imagine the kind of material he had to get people motivated to oh, like, man. just do I their mean, fucking job. Jimmy right? Rohn's. Jimmy Rohn's. Jimmy Rohn's. <laughs> so he was mostly a businessman. Mostly, I mean, more specifically, he was a businessman who was heavily involved with the burgeoning multi-level marketing business that was popping up around that time period. Of course. It always comes back to MLMs somehow. It really does. I don't really know how, but they are the fucking worst. They're the fucking worst. Uh, So the roots of motivational speaking and, in turn, life coaching are firmly planted in what might be the biggest grift of them all, multi-level marketing. I mean, it is the biggest grift of them all. It's the... Most truly obvious is, grift. Truly. Besides, like, capitalism is just, like, a grift. Yeah, which, well, like, capitalism kind of, is an MLM. Yeah, capitalism <laughs> is an MLM. But, like, MLMs with, situated within the system of capital are, like, the biggest grift. Yeah. So people, specifically the Rotary Club and big corporations like Standard Oil, started noticing that Jim Rohn was, like, a very effective speaker and was able to help get their members and employees motivated. Motivated to do what? I'm really not sure. Like, it doesn't say what they were hiring him to motivate them to do. (laughs) However, I'm guessing they wanted him to motivate them to do more grunt work that is absolutely meaningless to them. So he was really valuable to big organizations, big companies like Standard Oil, because he just got workers to work. Yeah, I mean, and that's it. That's what you need them to do. Yeah, that's so you bring in a guy that makes them feel as though this meaningless work it's is meaningful, meaningful yeah, in some is. way because you're part of a you're part of a machine. Yes, but really, you're part of a team. Yes, you're part of a team. You're a family. <laughs> you're a family. Yeah, you're part of a team. A family you're that not part will, of a machine. will you're part of a fire team. you if you're no longer yeah, productive. Yeah, if you're shitty or if you like join a union, they're gonna fire Just you. Just like my family. <laughs> Yeah, our families hate unions, and they hate when we're not working. (laughs) That's just kidding. Our families are both pro both of those things. (laughs) So Rowan kind of gains a following, like, doing this kind of stuff, doing the motivational speaking thing, and he ends up mentoring a lot of people who become big on the self-help and life coaching circuit. Some notable ones that I noticed, the CEO of Herbalife, Mark Hughes. Oh, God, yeah. Who is, like, one of the biggest scammers of them all. bastard. Harv Ecker, who wrote The Secrets of a Millionaire Mind, which is a very popular book. Chris Widener, who, along with Rowan, wrote a very popular book called The Twelve Pillars that like laid out their understanding of the 12 pillars of success. I've heard of that People one. have heard of this, yes. It's yeah. like a very common thing for like frat boys and white guys. 
white <laughs> frat boys. Right? Frat boys and white guys. <laughs> Those categories kind of overlap. <laughs> I mean, I know that there's black frats, but like, yeah. you know. The guys who create, he also mentored the guys who created the Chicken Soup for the Soul Empire. Ah. And our boy, Tony Robbins. Let's go. <laughs> Tony so Rob- Tony Robbins came from this family. Came of from, grifters. Yeah, he came from this like multi-level, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this multi-level scheme of grifters. <laughs> it's an MLM for it's grifters. It's an MLM for grifters. No, literally, <laughs> he was running. He was li- literally running an MLM for grifters. That's so interesting. So freaking funny. Um, <laughs> it doesn't say like I couldn't find any definite proof that these people were paying him for his mentorship, but I have to assume that he was. Yeah. That they were. Yeah. And he I have to assume cut. he was charging. Yeah. yeah. Because, like I said, he did become a millionaire again after, like, losing all his money. And the way he became a millionaire again was on this motivational speaking market. Fucking Grifter King, man. Grifter King. There's definitely no doubt in my mind that this dude, like, laid the foundation for what we know of life coaching today. But according to a variety of sources I found, life coaching as we know it, like, in its current state, was started by Thomas J. Leonard. What do you think his job was, brother? His original job. His original job. Uh salesman teacher no he wasn't a teacher he wasn't a salesman he was a finance guy okay yes (laughs) he was a financial planner of course so another fucking businessman you can kind of see where i'm going with this whole life coach situation but we won't go there quite yet let me just tell you a little bit about leonard here leonard was a financial planner who according to lifecoachingprofessionally.com quote observed that his clients though emotionally stable and hardly needing therapy which, how can he make that assumption, wanted more from him than just the usual tips on how to invest and safeguard their incomes. They wanted help in organizing their lives better and planning and achieving their goals. So, I guess... (laughs) (laughs) You look so disappointed. (laughs) Like, I guess, you know, like, fair enough, okay? Like, we live in a society that's determined to rip our lives of any meaning we can find. So, I get why his clients wanted more than just what to do with their money, but obviously they need therapy. Why, Why Why would you say hardly needing therapy... They are coming to their financial planner complaining about their lives. They need to talk to someone. I don't understand why you would go to your financial planner with this information. Like, that's a weird choice to make, right? Well, I guess if you're sitting with your financial planner and you're, like, looking at how much money you make and planning for the rest of your life and also, like, planning for your children's lives, there might be some anxieties that pop up naturally because we live in a shitty society. And I can imagine them... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they're just looking at it and they're just I like, can, I'm going to die one day. I can, ima- yes! <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine them voicing those anxieties kind of like off the cuff, like not really, you know, like not really trying to talk to him about it, yeah. but just kind of voicing those anxieties. And then he's like, oh, there's a fucking business here. Yeah, I could be charging you more than I could be I charging you more than I'm currently charging you. After Leonard noticed this trend, he turned around and wrote a book that would become incredibly popular called The Portable Coach. 28 surefire strategies for business and personal success. Now, you know there was no way in hell that I was reading this entire book. I'm sorry, this is not that kind of podcast, Sounds everybody. awful. I will not subject myself to this. Please don't. But I did read enough to like understand exactly what was going on with it. Essentially, the book is laid out in steps you must take to not be the lazy, unorganized piece of shit you currently are. <laughs> <laughs> it appears that by the end of this book, you're guaranteed to, quote, Discover what matters most to you. Which, okay. how could a book just by itself without anything else help me do that? It's just these these promises yes, that these are being made. Yes, these guarantees that they make. Yes. Like, what? Yes, it could mean anything, which seems to be the most important thing about this whole grift, right? Make a bunch of vague-ass promises so people can interpret it, interpret it as they will. Yes, that's exactly what it is. That's what it is. So you can read it, and then I and then I guess kind of arrive at, at the point where you say, oh, this is yeah. what I live for yes. now? This yeah. is it? I live for working. That's what it's really going to come down to. I live to for saving 10% end. of my paycheck. <laughs> at the end of the day, I live for my 401k. So. <laughs> I live and die by that thing. <laughs> My hedge fund, that my hedge fund, that's what really matters to me. I won't go through the 28 steps or like strategies as he calls them, but I figured I would share some of the ones that stood out to me and we can just kind of discuss what we think is going this on. This is here. where we start to really earn our money. Yeah, this is earning, where we grift. Yeah. Okay. So I had to include step one, even though it seems like an obvious thing to include, but I had to include it because of the title of it. Step one is 
become incredibly selfish. Ah, that's a good step. It's an interesting step to me. It's a tough one for a lot of people because in this society, <laughs> everyone like is always looking out for everyone else. It's hard to convince an American. It's hard to convince an American <laughs> to, to care for themselves. <laughs> it's so hard. Yeah, to... rather than the collective because we're yes. just so collectively minded. <laughs> we love our communities. <laughs> So that's why I put this up because I figured it would be a really hard step for people to take. Yeah, that's know? a that's a leap. Becoming incredibly selfish. Mm, incredibly, incredibly selfish. Incredibly selfish. That's how it is. That's how it's Jesus incredibly Christ. selfish. Okay. Step four is over respond to every event. Now, one <laughs> thing I noticed. <laughs> the optics of this are very funny. Now, one thing that I noticed. <laughs> One thing that I noticed, and this came up in another, when I was looking at Tony Robbins' products and when I was looking at, I think, Harv Ecker's products, one thing that these grifters like to differentiate between is over-responding and over-reacting. Mm. To them, these two things mean different things, like different emotional levels, which they, just on the basis of these words, they don't mean different things Now, at what all. is over-responding then? Over-responding is like, you have already made the plans necessary. Like if you've already visualized the responses that you're gonna get and you have prepared responses in in the event that you will receive any of the responses you prepared for. Okay. So the idea is that it's not like you're over responding, you're like over preparing for anything. But for some reason they they phrase it as over responding, which it doesn't make any sense. You No are also not guaranteed to not overreact to something. I just imagine someone like... communication doesn't fucking work like that. Yeah, someone drops a pencil and then you're like, What did you do? <laughs> I'm just over-responding. I'm over-responding. <laughs> this is not an actual reaction. No. I'm just over-responding. I just My prepared. My life coach told me to do this. Yeah. So I'm well prepared. I mean, you can imagine also how like... I mean, a lot of these life coaches turn out to be abusers. Like Tony Robbins, for example, oh. has like a lot of uh, sexual assault allegations. What a surprise! That were lodged against them. Yeah. That were lodged against them. But you can see how these things in these like life coach books they can be twisted and turned by people who are abusive to mean something completely different. Like imagine you're like in a fight with somebody, mm-hmm. a friend or a lover or whatever, and they do overreact to something. And you're like, hey, you're really overreacting right now. And they're like, no, this is what I'm supposed to do. Because this is what the fucking book told me to do. Like, how sick. I have not read the book, but I'm sure, like, many of these things, as you just said, are just disguised abusive Mm -hmm. behavior. Like... Totally. Totally. I'm not saying everybody who participates in some form of life... No, no. But it's like, since everything is about manipulation, none of it is about, like, introspection. that's what life coaching is about. It's about manipulating people's view of you Mm -hmm. so that... You don't seem as weak as you normally are. Yep. And manipulating yourself rather than engaging with yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. So like if you're, you're feeling yourself. an emotion, yeah, you're supposed yeah. to manipulate it to yeah. feel something else. Instead of trying to discover where that emotion is coming from. Because that's hard work. Mm-hmm. And like reading a book is not that hard. Mm-hmm. You know? That brings us to step number six, actually, which is affect others profoundly. Ah. Every time you interact <laughs> with someone. No pressure. But you better fucking make that person's life change. You better fucking impress the pants off of them. <laughs> Everybody. Everybody. You idiot. And once you've done that, you can go to step number eight, which is become irresistibly attractive to yourself. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, what is that step? What does it mean? What does it mean? <laughs> what does it mean? You can't stop. Jacking it to yourself. <laughs> Which, for some people, fair, but like... Yeah, that's fine. It's like a weird part of a book. <laughs> what if the whole part... What if that whole chapter was about... Yeah. Jacking it to yourself? Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, look in the mirror and just jack away. <laughs> that Crank actually it. kind of says like, sounds like something a life coach might say. Probably. They're like, oh, you think you're ugly? Go look in the mirror and jack off to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta discover your own inner beauty, so... Stare in the mirror and jack off <laughs> till you can't anymore. <laughs> you fucking loser. Not until you come. Till you can't anymore. <laughs> yeah, until you can't come anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Steph's dying over here. That's sick, bro. <laughs> You're that sick. is so sick. You're sick, but I love oh, it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of not being able to come anymore, step 10 is... Step 10 is... Promise little, deliver everything. Oh, that's very confusing. <laughs> it's very confusing. It's very confusing. Don't tell them you're going to give them anything. Uh-huh. But give them everything. <laughs> <laughs> everything. It's such a mindfuck. I Promise don't understand little, it. Like, so just constantly set people up for disappointment. And then you, when you deliver, they become very excited that right. you've delivered everything right, right they're like hype now they're like holy shit they're like let's go every time this person lies to me <laughs> they actually do the exact opposite it's great. i mean i feel like they would catch on eventually yeah they'd be like what the fuck yeah. number 15 is a little confusing i don't know what it means exactly but it says tolerate nothing <laughs> <laughs> imagine what this might mean but i like the ambiguity of imagining Me too. that this is a person who just no tolerance whatsoever for anything it's probably like tolerate the idea of nothingness or am yes. i going too deep there i don't know I, I honestly don't know it just it's not clear what we're no it's not about tolerating the idea of nothingness it's like literally don't take people shit just never just never take anyone's shit. Don't meet people where they're coming from. Which is very conflicting considering you're trying to teach people how to like work on a team. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you do have to eat a little bit of shit when you're working on a team or when you're organizing for something. You do. Sometimes, yeah. Because sometimes like you're wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have to like examine where you're coming from. <laughs> yeah, you can be wrong. Sometimes it's you're just okay. wrong and you have to eat shit, you know, and it's fine. So it's, it's just very confusing, very conflicting. Step 17 is endorse your worst weakness. Okay. What do you think that means? Oh, God. Endorse? Your worst weakness. So you have to say that your worst weakness is dope? <laughs> I think that's what they mean. Yeah. It's just like, man, I fucking also, suck at this. your worst weakness? Yeah, wasn't it just... So you have to have a, a rating scale <laughs> of your weaknesses. Of your weaknesses. It's like, I am the most weak. With this, it is my worst. This is my best no, weakness. No, it's not, yeah, it's not the most. It's just the worst and worst best. Worst one, yes. Right? So you have to have a rating scale of your weaknesses, and then you have to endorse the worst one. Yeah, not the best one. No. Because your best weakness, even though your it's a weakness, weakness isn't still your, the best. Isn't your best weakness still a strength <laughs> at the end of the day? Or is it still a weakness? Very confusing. I'm not sure. Very confusing. Step 20 is develop more character than you need. Once again, <laughs> not sure what the fuck that means. This is like the idea that a Be human... Be the most charismatic motherfucker you've ever seen, but you're never going to use that charisma for anything. You're, I don't know. You're a machine that you can... Or a video game character that you can just put attributes into... Yes, you can just do that. That's what they think. Develop build character. A character, yes. Like you're a human. Like yes. you're a person. You're just yes. allowed to exist in the world. You don't have to level up... No. Your character But that's attributes. what it's all about, leveling up. Remember, you're trying to, like, discover your financial, sexual, yeah. time management genius. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's all about Some of those are so up. much more interesting than the others. The last two that stand out are just funny to me. Step 27 is have a vision. Okay. Which, again, is very vague, like... Just have an idea for where your life is going to go. Yeah, which everyone does anyway. Everyone does. That's just how our brains work. And step 28 is, this is the final step, Mm -hmm. be real, be human. But how can I... How can I be human? You (laughs) just turned me into a fucking robot. (laughs) You just did 28 steps to get rid of my humanity (laughs) and make me a game character. Yes, now you've made me a game character. That's exactly what they've done. Like once you arrive at step 28, it's Mm -hmm. kind of indicating that all of this is bullshit and that none of this is going to stick because all you did was read a book. Right. That's like what they're saying. And that's what they do. I think that's, that is part of the grift is like, essentially they're saying this works, but it also doesn't work. And so it makes people, it tricks people into believing that it does work at the end of the day. Like admitting that there's faults in the program or that there's a possibility that the program won't work for everyone. It makes people believe harder that it is for them. 
Yes. And that this goes back to like the diet conversation. Yes, absolutely. Which is that if you have failed on a diet, right. it is because you are a fucked up right. person. You're who the fucked, fucked up person, not the program. No, the program is good. Yeah, maybe there's some, you know, it's not perfect. Yeah, it's not perfect. Nothing's but perfect. But it's good. It's better than you are. Yeah, yeah it's definitely better than you You're are. You're just a fucking idiot. Yeah. Tom Machine Leonard was better than all of us. Oh, apparently. I mean, he was a god. He, was a, he created <laughs> Tony Robbins. He was the a other god. god. He was a god. No, no, he didn't create oh, Jim Rohn. Yeah, oh, yeah, Rohn, the yeah. Rohnster. The Rohnster. <laughs> so after the book became like super success, successful, this 28 Strategies book, The Portable Coach, Leonard was like, I gotta go bigger. And so he did. He founded Coach U, which is short for obviously Coach University. Yes. And the International Coaching Federation. And these became places where like, more capitalist pigs like him could go and learn how to do the same shit he was doing, basically. Because Leonard created these institutions, he is regarded as the creator of the life coaching profession. He created the infrastructure. He created the infrastructure, yes. Unfortunately, Leonard died at the young age of 49, oh, so he no. really wasn't in the game for very long. But regardless... <laughs> he should have used more coaching in his own life because it... He said like he needed it. He didn't have vision. He didn't have any vision. <laughs> and he died at 49. <laughs> sorry to his family or whatever. <laughs> I'm not even sorry to them. <laughs> they're just like reaping the benefits of this. Pinpointing him as a father of this profession feels right, considering he started doing this stuff in the 80s and 90s, and life coaching really did skyrocket in popularity during that time, as, we, as you have noted earlier in this episode. Let me just be clear in something, though. I don't think life coaching became popular simply because Leonard wrote these books or started these institutions. We've discussed on the show before how, like, the 80s was really at the time when people were reckoning with the fact that the facade of the success of the middle class was just that. It was a facade. So in like tracing the history of life coaching, I can see how rampant, unfettered predatory capitalism and globalization was really driving more and more people to feel as if their lives had no meaning beyond what they could produce and that they would never achieve the societally constructed version of success that was being sold to them. So in the 80s, we have this vision of you can... Do anything you want. You can become any person. You, we have yuppies. We have people who are very young making it in the finance world. The idea of what makes a person successful was changing really rapidly. And so I think that that's why people were drawn to visiting life coaches. Makes perfect sense because it's all about the individual's ability to succeed in a system yeah. that wants to kill you. That and like yeah. realizing that yeah. the, the system is, is deadly yeah. in the capitalist mind. It's so deadly. So like... You have to become this weapon right. of industry right. and hard work. And if you don't do it right, you are the failure, yeah, not the system itself. Right. Yeah, you're a piece of shit. And that more clearly explains to me like the proliferation of life coaching during this time. And these people, Tony Robbins, Tom Leonard, Jim Rohn, Mark Hughes, like all the people who are rich right now, and that aren't dead like Tom Or Leonard. dead, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> all the people who are rich right now, they made, as an industry, billions of dollars off of this. Billions. And I'm talking, I'm not talking double-digit billions, I'm talking triple-digit billions of dollars off of this. Wow. Everything from books to video and audio tapes to CDs to computer programs to video games. And of course, which I didn't even get into really a lot, were the in-person weekend seminars and the retreats were and are being hawked by these spineless sickos to people who just like want to be better. Without fully realizing it, a lot of times people are buying into these products to make them better when what the products mean by better is that they want them to be better capitalists, they want them to be better producers within the capitalist marketplace, not better humans. No. Which is what therapy does. It turns you into a better person, hopefully. Mm -hmm. But these products just turn you into better workers. That's what it's all about. That's all that it is about. The grift. The only way to accomplish insane. your dreams, which within this framework, your dreams are material, right? Yes. Your dreams are like, I want to have this thing. I want to have what appears to be wealth and opulence yes. to other people, even though it doesn't really bring me any joy. That's the only way to feel fulfilled as a human being within like the system, the framework that right. they've created yeah. in their minds. And that's what these products are designed to do. They're just yeah. designed to manipulate, to keep 
to perpetuate the manipulation of your idea of success, essentially. Yeah. Isn't it ridiculous that so much of the products that we use are so fucking useless? Yeah, and absolutely And so useless. much product is just getting people to continue to participate in the system? That's all it is, and that's literally what this is. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, they created, I guess it makes, it makes so much sense that the origins of motivational speaking come from multi-level marketing, because that's what multi-level marketing is, right? You just get people to buy into something so that they keep spending money on something and then they keep they find people who are willing to buy into something, keep spending money on something. That's what life coaching is. Mm -hmm. it, it's not, also not, it's not like beautiful or anything. No, and it's not fun. It's not frivolous. <laughs> it's very serious about itself yes. and yet brings nothing to the no, table. No, it brings absolutely nothing to the table. It just brings catchphrases like, you are the master of your domain. <laughs> <laughs> just boring shit. Which, like none of us have a domain and we're not masters of anything. I don't want to be a master of a thing. That's <laughs> weird. The whole thing is based on the lack of recognition that there's like a deep sadness. Yes. <laughs> and yes. that deep sadness, like, yes, you have control over certain things, but the way to become more cognizant of it, not to master it, is through recognition rather than domination. Right. Everything is domination, right? Right, right. And we're going to get to that. I just want to give you a little update on life coaching today. Oh, so, here we go. Part four is titled, What's Up With The Grift Today? Can't wait. Well. <laughs> <laughs> this is where I get my ideas. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think you, I need to tell you, you know, because you're a fellow wellness industry hater, <laughs> as yeah. I am, and as many mm -hmm. people who are probably listening to this podcast are, the grift is alive and well. I would know? imagine in more ways than before. Right, because it has evolved significantly. However, also, as recently as January 25th, 2022, so this year, USA Today published an article titled, quote, Top, culture, Top Coaches to Help Level Up Your Life in 2022. Ugh. And it was... <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. It was uh, an article that had nine life coaches. And, you know, they don't really call themselves life coaches anymore. They call themselves, like, wellness coaches or speakers. They don't even put motivational speakers, Just right? a speaker? Just a speaker. Yeah, like no one else. It seems that the title life coach has become, like, kind of hokey and outdated, and I can see why, because it is very hokey. I mean, the idea of having a life coach who is not a trained mental health professional is very hokey to me, so I get it. So... The grift has just evolved, like I said. It's just become something completely different. When you visit these people's websites and social media accounts, you see the exact same thing as like you would see in that Tony Robbins commercial, pretty much. A bunch of people hawking products that make vague promises to better people's lives without making them do too much heavy lifting. And, of course, without addressing the thing that's really making them miserable, which is... Capitalism. Ah, we knew it was coming. <laughs> we all saw it coming. We all knew it was coming. God. So that kind of leads me to where the whole thing, this whole thing was going this whole time, right? Life coaching is quite literally just a product designed to keep people compliant within the system of capital. Mm -hmm. We already said this pretty much. The language is vague on purpose, just like how the language of our laws is, that is also vague on purpose, right? It's designed to trick you. To make you believe it's good for you so you spend the money that you earned at that job that's making you feel like garbage on these products that are promising to make you feel better. There's also the, I'm thinking of crypto guys, right? right? Yeah. This idea that you can somehow be free right. from this system through life coaching. So it's like, oh, you hate your job. Well, like, here's this opportunity for you to get out of that job through this other means yes. of grifting. Yeah, absolutely. Which is like most finance investing coach <laughs> guys, all the crypto guys, yes. the biggest MLM there is. Yeah, the crypto people are, crypto and wellness are very linked, right? They are, yeah. Because there's this idea that you can like level up within capitalism by doing something that 
is the same as capitalism, but not calling it capitalism. Mm-hmm. I don't really understand this line of thinking. <laughs> Why don't we just destroy the whole thing is always going to be like my reaction to this. But there is this like weird mentality of like, I'm going to just like level up myself within this system that already exists. And then that means I'm outside of the system, but you really are just within the same system. I guess multi-level marketing is that as well. You want to become the power broker within the system rather than question the system itself. Yeah. Because that is ultimately easier. Right, totally. Especially just imagining it, but like even becoming it, that is still easier than changing the system entirely. I want to say that becoming it is easier, but it just doesn't, it is easier for certain people. Yeah. And those people already have money. Mm-hmm. It is not easier for like somebody of even of our status to become a power broker. Sure. That's not going to happen for us. No, it's not going to happen for us in the, unless you uh, get on that Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> That's different though. Different kind of grift. <laughs> different kind of grift. Completely different grift. Yeah. But I guess, yeah, the promise of the life coach is that you will work best within this system mm-hmm. and that will give you the things that you think you want. Yes. Yeah. And the modern life coach probably telling you about social media. Yes. Telling you yeah. About telling you about how to become a, an influencer on social media. It's all so nefarious. Also, how to be like super hot and shredded and ripped and shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't forget, you have to be skinny. All of it. <laughs> you have to be super hot, shredded. Um, you have to be crypto. Yes, you have to be And you also have, you have to be, to be social be media. You have to be NFTs. You have yeah. to be social media. <laughs> it's just amazing because I think what really, so what really bothers me about life coaching because when you're just looking at it kind of like on its face it looks you know if, if i'm not going into it realizing that i'm looking at something that is supposed that is supposed to be a grift mm-hmm. then it kind of looks on its face like it is trying to better people but it's literally not designed to make you a better person no and even if these things worked which they don't because if they did then these principles, which people have been espousing for what you've said decades, these very specific, even more than that, probably like a hundred years now, then we wouldn't need more of them. There would not need to be more people saying the exact same shit. If all you had to do was like, wake up and like kick today's ass, (laughs) or whatever people would say, yeah. If that was it, then we would be, we've figured it out, but we haven't figured it out. It's supposed to be a constant struggle that never quite results in the in the fulfillment you're looking for. Absolutely, and it's so predatory. Yeah, yeah. It's really predatory. Just like it's even, Unfortunately, it's even it even feels predatory to me for you to advertise this to an institution or to like a corporation, because the people who there are real people who are like impacted by you going into that corporation and saying or going into the administration of that corporation or the administration of that institution and saying i have this product that could benefit the people who work for you the people who work for those people now have to sit through your fucking shitty little life coaching sessions instead of doing something else with their time. Yeah. Doing literally anything else with their time. Like their that job. would actually better them or make them feel better about their lives. This is the problem with our modern work culture as well, is that it's not about doing the work that needs to be done. It's about trapping people and their time right. so that they have to be captive and it here. sucks. Yeah, because like, like, we can get the work we need to get done. Everybody. In a in, couple of yeah, hours a day. A couple hours a day. That's it. Even teachers, folks. But they gotta say hate sorry. to break it to you. <laughs> sorry, we don't need to be here eight hours a day. It's not necessary. And your kids don't need to be here eight hours no. a day either. No. The teachers start doing stuff like making a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> During their breaks. <laughs> but it's true that you bring in this this life coach or this motivational speaker to talk at yeah. your employees. It's like let your employees do their job and then let them leave early. <laughs> yes, that would bring them fulfillment. <laughs> that would make them maximize their lives. Maybe not their whatever bullshit productivity, but like they would have a better life that way. Yeah. Can you imagine? I'm so glad we don't, you know, 
we, ha we have a lot of wasted time in our profession, but one thing I am glad is that we don't have to go on these like weekend retreats that <sighs> some of these corporations make their employees Awful. go on with these life Awful. coaches. Where you're spending an entire week, and then on Monday you have to go back yeah, to work. Yeah, go back to work. I hated, this is, <laughs> there's a three way here. I hated orientation activities. Oh yeah, those are terrible. My entire life, yeah. especially my young life, you have to do orientation activities. And that felt like the same kind of life coachy grift. Because rather than authentic experience, right. you're trying to manufacture the experience of like team building yes. with these bullshit activities that was just like, I could be actually talking to these people and like, I don't know, going out to lunch. Getting to know them. Yeah, getting to know them, like <laughs> meeting them on a human level rather right. than being forced to uh, catch them when they fall or something. I, I just don't buy any of it. It's not because I'm a natural skeptic. But that's similar to this like life coaching thing where you're not getting into any deep shit, right? The whole thing about life coaching is that you're not going so far down into, your, into the core of yourself that you would actually have to deal with something. And similar to the way that orientation, because if we actually got to know one another and like connected very deeply, and we do, obviously we make connections with people all the time, orientation be damned. But mm -hmm. like an orientation thing is designed that way so we don't make those deep connections. Yeah, it's all about it's a task. Just, yeah, it's a task and it's just like a surface level thing so that we are connected on like this very surface level place, but we're not, making deep connections where we could actually like change the institution itself. Like talk about organizing your workplace like or something like that. Yeah. yeah, right? And that's kind of- You don't want of, that. You don't want that. And that's kind of like what life coaches do. They are a preventative measure in that sense where it's like you, you bring this life coach in to talk to your employees to get them motivated to do this like meaningless fucking work that they're doing all the time. And it doesn't allow your employees the time to like that plus the work plus everything else, it doesn't allow your employees the time or like the intellectual space to do something else mm -hmm. or to think in some other way. Sure. You're just can you just keep bombarding them with propaganda so that they buy in and they have like you know, after a while you are gonna buy in if you're just seeing it all the time. I mean you know, if they're I saw an effective it, speaker. I've seen it in so many workplaces that I've been in, even in retail, they have people who are coming in telling you you're a family. You're part of. You're an important, and integral part of this team. And I watched people all around me be like, "Yeah," <laughs> you know. And sure. I, and two of us are standing there like, "No, we're not gonna like put part of our paycheck into stock options. Like, why would I fucking do that? That's mm -hmm. so dumb." You know, like there's just like all these things that they're trying to get you to do so that you don't do something else. Yeah, yeah. I think that it is an interesting observation to look at, like life coaches as this other arm of capitalism and capital. I think they are. That is used to sort of use positive reinforcement to get people to buy into the system as yeah. opposed to all of the other measures which are like violent and oppressive. <laughs> yeah. It's like the one that says, no, you, like this is good and you can do it and you have a purpose. Like yeah. follow your vision. And I guess your vision is to go to the, your job for the next 40 years screw the caps thing you on don't like i don't know because you're part of a family and the family literally views you as expendable but i think it is part of it it is it's just that the connections between life coaching and business are just they're too obvious that it could not it has to be something like that it has to be that it is just like a setup a scam not just like grab not just as a money grab but also a scam to like keep things running the way that things are running. Yeah, the perpetuation of a lot of the absurd ideals of the MLM, yeah. same exact shit. It's the when, same thing. when you think about, as you brought up before, the documentaries, the MLM documentaries, every single one features multiple scenes with a person who is essentially a life coach <laughs> talking to thousands yes. of these poor people who have bought into the MLM telling them that like this is their way out that like this is the way to maximize their life and not have a boss and all these other things that is not going to give you and then two seconds later in, or two let's say 20 minutes later in the documentary it's like all those same people who are front row listening to that guy are like hundreds of thousands yep. of dollars in debt because they the got scammed i think another thing about life coaching which i don't know if you've stumbled upon in your research i view it as a wealthy person's game to some extent or like a person with some disposable income because 
normal ass people are not going to spend however much money is necessary to have a life coach, right? Right. Not on a personal consultant. Yeah. They might spend money on the books. Though. Sure. Yes, that's true. A fifteen or twenty dollar book here and there is like not a big deal for a person yeah. to do. Sure. And that I guess is like sort of the poor man's life coach. That's the bread coach. and butter. Yeah. yeah. But that is the bread and butter is the books and the tapes and stuff mm -hmm. because you know that they're not, you know that they're not doing personal consulting every single day. No. So the foundation of their money grab is all the people who are ordering, who are calling in and ordering that fucking 800 tape thing. Yeah. And paying, and you can pay in installments. That was the other thing about the commercial is that you could pay in installments. People who didn't have enough money to buy this thing and yeah. thinks that so this is their pay. ticket out. Yeah. It is pretty interesting the, the number of people that I have met, as you've mentioned, Florida, a lot of grifters down here. <laughs> Great state for Grift grifting. City, USA. Come on down, folks. <laughs> we need more grifters. <laughs> There's a thousand new people coming to Florida every day. Every single day. 900 of them are grifters. Also, that's a real statistic, everybody. Yeah, Just folks. so you know, we're having, right now we're in a place where there's a thousand people moving to Florida every single day. So yeah. that's pretty wild. Anyway. Significant grifter. percentage of grifters. Yeah. I went on a date with a life coach once, a few years back. She was a life coach. I just want to say that. Her job was life coach. Hmm. And she said, her job. So, yeah, her job, which <laughs> I guess her parents had a lot of money. I'm not really sure what actually that means. But she said to me at one point during the date, I was feeling really self-conscious because I wasn't in a place in my life where I felt confident. So I didn't feel like it was like reasonable for me to be able to tell other people what to do with their lives. And my first thought was, yeah, that's probably right, especially because you're not a trained therapist yeah. and there are like tools and techniques yeah. that you can do with a, a degree in practice, practice and therapy that you as a life coach, whatever <laughs> the fuck that means, you probably shouldn't be telling these people how to live their lives. You are not qualified. <laughs> you are quite literally not qualified yeah. to do that. She seemed nice, but like, was that... Man, I'm so glad you didn't bring that person into our lives collectively. Uh, no, it was a one, it was a one date. <laughs> it was it was fine. It was a nice date, but like, I don't want. I don't, there's so many other issues that are there. Yes, just I beneath know. Besides, the surface. Obviously, every life, every all these life coaches, as I said, have had like weird circumstances. I couldn't find any. By the way, I couldn't find any information about how that guy Thomas Leonard died or why he died at 49. Sure, it could have been. He had an aneurysm or a heart attack, like yeah. many people do. But also, it could have been something that was like really weird sex weird stuff. Or no, <laughs> not, not that. Not weird sex stuff. It could have been something really weird. It could have been like, or it could have been something that was like really tragic. Like all this time, he's doing all this life coaching, and he was addicted to pain medication yeah. the entire time, or something. You know, something like really tragic that they didn't want put out there because it just shows, it blows up the facade of the life coaching yeah, thing. Yeah, it tarnishes know? the brand. Because I do think that, I do think that, like I said, mental health professionals are important. Therapy is important. I, I think that having people in your life who are going to encourage you and tell you that the things that you're doing are bad or good, I think that that's important. All that stuff is important. I think having somebody, if you're going through addiction treatment, I think having somebody as like your right-hand person to talk to when things are hard, all of that is important. But these types of people are just trying to feed off of your vulnerability and fucking make money for themselves. And like, that's it. Yeah, that's, that's exactly they what they it is. They don't want you to be better. <laughs> like they don't give a shit about you. And that is just like really, I don't know. It's just a kind of a sick like arm of this like capitalist experience that we're all living in. That, yeah, I know we're all we're all being exploited. We're all being exploited for our labor. But in this case, you're like being exploited for your emotions mm -hmm. and your insecurities and your vulnerability, which and that is feels often a lot. So of, yeah, that it, feels, yeah, it feels weird. so like weird and like deranged in a way that the regular <laughs> exploitation that we experience every single day doesn't feel deranged in that same way, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, there's an intimacy to the life coaching experience, yeah. which is just an exchange of funds. You're just yeah. giving this person money, money and they'll give you some advice. Listen, I've never had a life coach. Maybe it's great. <laughs> Maybe it's fucking great. I don't know. I doubt it. But I just do not buy in <laughs> to 
any of it. Right. I think it's all yeah. garbage. I think the world would probably be a better place without it. It would be. I think it would be. I mean, the world would be a better place if people just stopped avoiding going to therapy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's the real thing of it. Listen, I understand sometimes therapy is a grift too, and I, that I totally understand, you know, that people might have some reservations there. But this, it can't be any worse of a grift than this. Mm -hmm. This is like top level grift. The, there's this other thing. I don't want to say this guy's name, but he's like a famous author and a famous sort of wellness, spiritual guru mm. type guy. Very well known. And he has his own life coaching certification. And my best friend called me several months ago, just <laughs> absolutely freaking out because this person that we knew in high school got the certification, oh, no. was so excited for the certification. We looked up how much the certification costs. I mean, it's over $5,000. So you have so many people getting this certification and then this person is going to try and use this product that they probably want to get too many clients with. How is that not an MLM? Yeah, it is an MLM. You're putting into the system expecting to get something back and you won't get anything back and you'll probably go into debt and like recertify with your <laughs> bullshit certification made by a celebrity. <laughs> it is an MLM. It's an MLM. But it, like it's an MLM with like a really sick twist because an MLM is just business. Mm -hmm. This is like your <laughs> feelings. Mm -hmm. Like this is who you are. Yeah. Right. So it's a lot more than just business, and that makes, like I said, it makes it feel way more deranged than just like regular capitalist stuff. It is messed up, and I'm. Everybody should just go to therapy. Yeah. Just go to therapy if you need help. Talk to a friend. I know it's not uh, always affordable, so I'm saying go to therapy very flippantly right now. But find there's other resources besides life coaches. Don't pay them. You're going to pay more anyway. <laughs> yeah. And especially with these things like, you know, diet and exercise. Oh, and yeah. All definitely that shit. don't pay like, those people. Please don't. Like, yeah. Don't pay those people. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need a life coach <laughs> for that. <laughs> it's just bad. <laughs> Anyway, yeah. this has been very illuminating, just like understanding the roots of life coaching. I always knew, obviously both of us knew that it was a big grift, but just like the fact that it is actually rooted in multi-level marketing schemes is pretty wild. It's straight up. And you yeah. should know when to spot, spot a grifter before they <laughs> grift you. But not us though. No, we're not grifting Please you. support us on Patreon. <laughs> We're grifting in a different way because, you know, we're giving you this joy. You get to listen to us Hopefully, talk. Hopefully. You're probably also a little depressed now after this episode. <laughs> the grift cast. Anyway, thank you guys for listening. I'm Steph Rubino. I'm Brendan Walsh. We'll see you next time.